Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. In today's episode, we are going to talk about defeating the blame game. And leading our study today is the senior minister at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Well, thank you for asking me to come back and be a part of that. Uh, evidently, something's happening good to where I'm, you're still asking me to come. <laughs> uh, but this is uh, we're, this is a, in a different format that we're going to talk about today. We're, the goal in our podcast, Steve, is conversational. Sometimes it's teaching. Sometimes it's just message-oriented. And today, it's more conversational. And it's meant to inspire op- opinion and input from you, the listener, at least enough to while we're talking, you can feel like you're at the table with us and have an opinion or maybe just sit back and hopefully glean some good stuff from that. We're talking about defeating the blame game. Um, our scriptural context is found in Genesis chapter 3, Ooh. actually the whole chapter. Back to the beginning. Yeah, we're taking it back to the origin of mankind, in fact. And I'd like to read at least the first six verses, and I will read very quickly. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said. Now I want you to notice this, if you're, if you're a, uh, a studier of the word. This is something that she added. She said, God hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Yeah. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Can I just insert there? This is not what we're going to talk about, but it's very important that we understand the word of God and that we don't add to it or take it away sure. because we can change the meaning of the whole context of what's being said. So it's very dangerous. Very but, true. But anyways, that's, uh, that's another uh, subject that we can talk about at another time. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, verse 4. Verse 5, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, number one, that it was pleasant to the eyes, number two, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, three, she took of the fruit... So those three things were present. We're going to talk about that here in a second. That caused her to eat of the fruit, and she did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did not. Now, we can continue to read on over the next several scriptures, and maybe we'll touch on that here. But the whole message of what we're trying to talk about today is that uh, it's in us as humanity to, when we do things, especially those of a scriptural or spiritual nature, our nature, our human nature, decides that that we don't want to take that on and we try to slough it off and we push it for whatever reason. Don't we live in a culture today that nobody's responsible for anything? It's always something else. You can talk politics, you can talk about geopolitical affairs we can discuss all that but it's always somebody else's issue well, and i think it's also a time where nothing's ever enough 
Oh, that's very good. That's true. Nothing is ever enough. I mean, you never you never get enough. You know, it, not to be super political, but there are issues that are very prevalent now mm-hmm. that the result of those issues have pushed the line, sure. the line of what's acceptable, the line to what we think is moral, or moral, further and further and further and further. Certainly, because it's never enough. And I think about that with with Adam and Eve. All the time, they're they're in this giant garden. They've mm-hmm. got everything they can see, want, touch. They can have every bit of it, right. except that one, one thing. Thing, yeah. And they weren't happy with the ninety nine things, right? Actually, they were happy with the ninety nine things. They were until some until some other voice came in that wasn't God and said, "Why don't you have the one thing?" No, that's absolutely right. That's a great place to start this conversation because I actually absolutely believe what you just said. Yeah. Because we are not, we, it, and it's not meant, it, we were originally not meant this way, to be this way. Sure. In the garden, we were meant to, to be happy with what we had. Number one, we had everything as far as our needs met. I'm talking about humanity. We... We had God that walked with us. There was a relationship. There was a fellowship there. Like an in-person, a hand-in-hand. Hand. I mean, they walked with God. Right. They understood. They heard the rise and fall of Man, his voice. Could and, you even, it gives me chills when yeah, you talk about that. Absolutely. So their needs were met. The point is, sure. their needs were met. Whatever that would look like if, if everything would have went well down through time, whatever that would look like, the point was their needs were met and they had a relationship with God. And really, what else do you want? If you're happy, what else do you want? So you mentioned that. Um, Eve had just came on the scene. Previously in chapter 2 of Genesis, God had spoke to Adam on what he could not do. He said, you could... And I'm paraphrasing, but you can move about everywhere, but everything you can eat, you can eat, but one thing you cannot. And there's a line there, and and we're not going to get into that discussion as far as why he put that there, other than what God wants us to do as humanity is to choose him over over that one thing that we don't have. Especially when he's giving you the 99 things. Right, exactly. And so what happened? We have already addressed it in Genesis chapter 3. Eve came along. God took from Adam's side and rib, created Eve to be a helpmeet, a wife. Um, And so where the the weak part is, and again, this is part of the discussion that we're talking about today. Not that Eve was weak because she was a female, because a lot of um, was it misogyny? Is yeah. it, a lot of men that just are a little skewed tend to think, well, see, that's because that's a woman, and they're the one that caused all that. That's that's ridiculous. W- it is ridiculous. Yeah, and you actually gave my wife a really good story about how women are created equal in the eyes of God, and the fact that He took something that came from Adam's side, right? Didn't take from His head to right. put the woman over. Didn't take from His foot to put the woman below, right? And that was such a good parallel. And I've heard her spit that back. Countless times. Oh, awesome. So, so see, that landed. Oh, that's good. That's always good to hear. And that's the truth. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it that way, that really is. And and it's biblical. That's a biblical concept. Yeah. So it wasn't the fact that Eve uh, was the problem. Herein is the problem, is what came after the scriptures that I read. And so, uh, again, let's reset the table. Eve was in the garden or near that tree. The serpent came to her. Mm-hmm. And the serpent t- 
tempted her and basically, hey, what's wrong with this tree over here? What you think? Now, I don't know if maybe the serpent was in that tree. In my mind, yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We see the pictures. Just I, luring her right in, and it just looks so good. And the fruit looks so much better than all the other. It's all those things. Certainly. You know? The presentation. <laughs> yes. So I absolutely agree with that right there. And, that, and that's yeah. preachable, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, because what what was going to happen when she ate of the tree was what's called sin. And that's where the first sin happened. And so she ate according to what she wanted, the flesh wanted. Um, yeah. So anyways, the uh, serpent was there speaking to her. And what we already referenced, she didn't have the right words because she added to it. You can't mm-hmm. even look at it or touch it lest you die. That's not in the word. Um, just And again, I should probably have had that scripture. I'd have to look for it real quick, but it's in Genesis chapter 2. The instructions that God gave Adam is basically don't eat of the tree. You can eat any other tree, just that one you can't. Right. See, and I think that's an important point. Yes. God gave that to Adam. So, I mean, wouldn't it fall on Adam as the high priest of his home to now, and who knows? I mean, people could say, oh, well, maybe Adam added that, and Eve's just spitting that back. But that doesn't change the fact that had she known, had she known the Scripture, had she known what God actually said, right. then she would have been in a better place to resist that temptation. Right. So we're, we're discussing defeating the blame game. All right, so who's at fault here is what we always want to ask. Is it Adam or Eve? Because we got to point the finger. We Okay, so we... We're blaming, yep. right? And that's what we do. All right, and that's what they did as yep. well. And so we know the story how that Adam and Eve, Eve had it changed. She didn't have all the Scripture, whether that came from Adam. Let's discuss that here in a minute. But she didn't have all of the Scripture, at least correctly. So it was easier when you don't have the Scripture right. It's easier for the devil, the enemy, the serpent, quote-unquote, to change the truth there. Just enough. Just enough. Just enough. To where you can convince yourself, okay, here's the problem. Uh, And she ate of it. So Eve ate of the tree. Then she then gave it to Adam. And then Adam, both of them, recognized what they were doing. The story goes on, if you read the ensuing verses, they basically, they go and hide themselves. Mm-hmm. And in the time to where God would come down and commune with them, he looked for them. Of course, God knew what was happening Absolutely. in the moment. He knew where they were. And they said, hey, uh, we're over here. And God asked, who told you that was naked in verse 11? Because that's what they said. We were naked and we hid ourselves. Who told you? Well, hast thou eaten of the tree where have I commanded that that thou shouldest not eat? Now, again, that's a question that's going to open up what we're going to discuss here. Uh, again, I keep to say here in a little sure. bit, here in a minute, here in a minute. But I want to. I'm just. I want us to get this. Uh, what we're trying to get across today. He said, "Who told you that?" The man said, "The woman." Now, notice what Adam said. The woman whom thou, you gave me, God, to be with me. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, 
and I did eat. All right. Blame number one from Adam to Eve. Yep. Blame number two, Eve to the serpent. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And we know this is the first promise of a Savior. Yep. Theologians agree across, across a lot of denominal lines. In Genesis chapter 3 and 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the first promise of a Savior. A Messiah, Jesus Christ, is found in Genesis chapter three, and so we understand he doled out the the punishment yep. upon uh, childbearing. You're going to have pain there to the man. You're going to you're going to live toil. by the, that's yep. right. Live by the sweat of your brow. You're going to toil in the fields, etc. And of course, the serpent was to was to uh, slither on the ground and all of that. And so herein is what hap- what happens they decided when god asked them steve what where were they to me is the exact problem of what we have we as humanity we have this blame game we want to look at the function of our lives and why things don't go right and we want to blame that for the caustic reason why we do the negative things that we do there's a weakness in some when people eat bad they do it because of stress there is uh people use drugs when things are you know when things are happening they use it to disconnect it's a response to pressures external external pressures yeah absolutely so escapism escapism all of that and and all of this is along the same parallel spiritually in my opinion because they're always looking for something else what you said that that cannot help them but the one thing that can help them god is the one that they're hiding from so when god was asking them where are you? What's going on? It was a door opener to repentance. Now, the title of what we're talking about is defeating the blame game. Mm-hmm. How you defeat that, and this is our thought today, friends, is that we can repent. The door of repentance is open. Instead of blaming somebody else or a situation that that we do that causes or is the foundation of sin, maybe we should just look in the mirror and talk to God and say, Lord, it's me. It's me that that has the issue. Number one, great respect is had for people that can can say it's my fault. Sure. I have it, you know, in, uh, in the world today, and I don't know when that you'll get a hold of this podcast, but recently there was a, a great football game in the NFL. Whether you believe that's scripted or not, I don't know. I'm, <laughs> There's a lot out there this th- year. There is. There is. And, and uh, I'm not even going to get into that. But there was a uh, – it was the Detroit Lions against the 49ers. And the coach, I mean, he just really captured the imaginations of, of America because of these surging Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. 
and they're an exciting team and all of that. He made a he made a call towards the end of the game about trying to go for a touchdown when a lot of people said, why don't you just take go the for points. the first down or, yeah. or take the points or whatever it was. And he made the strong the strong decision and and he made the wrong one. It didn't work out for the team and they lost and had, didn't have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And everybody panned him and just beat him up and he just said, hey, don't look at my team that messed up. Look at me. I'm the coach. I called that. And what great respect that coach earned to all the fans out there, whether they're Lions fan or not, that said, there's a man that took responsibility for the action. Defeating the blame game is just that. Looking in the mirror, the Bible says that precious law of liberty and recognizing that freedom. we have a God that is wide open to repentance. And when we sin, we could, we could do better. We just say, man, I messed up here. And that gains the heart of God. You know what it was that God liked about David that called him the man after God's own heart? This man who was a murderer? And an this, adulterer. And, <laughs> and an adulterer. Yeah. And, and even God said, you can't build my house, David. You got too much blood on your hands. Yeah, because even God has a limit. I mean, Moses didn't go to the promised land. That's exactly right. So David was a bad dude. Yeah, I he, mean, let's let's. He had some blood on his I hands. I mean, he for wasn't sure. the shepherd boy all the time. Yeah, true. And God did not allow him to do some things, but He called him. He was known in New Testament the man after God's own heart. Why was that? It's because he learned the power of repentance. Yep. When that prophet that came in with his old bony finger, Nathan. When he gave him that story about the sheep and the rich neighbor took of that poor neighbor uh, uh, little ewe lamb and used that to slaughter for his guest, and David was wroth. Show me that man. And, and uh, Nathan said, thou art the man. Boom. And what did he do? David didn't say, take this man out and take his head from him. The Bible beautifully colorizes what, God, or what David did. I can just see him just getting off the throne, taking his throne or his uh, his, his crown. crown off, and getting on his knees. <clears throat> Excuse me, and he just I can see him repenting right there, tearing his shirt, yes, crying out to God. Oh, I'm discovered, and instead of blaming somebody else, blaming something that he should have been doing, he should have been out to war. The Bible says he should have been out there leading, Man. and he wasn't. He didn't blame anybody else. He didn't blame Bathsheba on that day. He didn't blame, I already have a, I don't have enough. He didn't blame anything else other than himself, rightly so. Man. And God identified his ability to defeat the blame game by consorting into repentance. And that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. So instead of blaming the circumstance of our life because it rains on the just and the unjust, on all of us, Sure. what do we do? What we should we do? We should, God, it's another day. That's what's good about all this. That's what the writer said when he talked about, uh, in Lamentations, Jeremiah, when he talked about morning by morning, each day, new blessings. It's just an amazing thing to think that this God who leans into repentance more than he ever does with judgment. 
So defeating the blame game is what we should be doing, and we do it by repenting. And that's hard for a lot of people because the spirit of pride is so strong, and it takes a humble heart to acknowledge your own weaknesses. Right. So... Yeah, and don't don't misunderstand when God's roaming through the garden either asking those questions. Because if you've ever had a child and you're asking them, what did you do? You know, you're giving them a chance to come forward and say, yeah, Dad, I messed up. I messed up. Right. You know, so it's not that God didn't know. You know, God knew exactly what it... He was giving them yes, an opportunity to come clean. opportunity to repent. Right. Now, this is what I do with my daughter. Because uh, we're she's three and we're trying to teach her that. And I and I tell her and I and I know what happened, right? <laughs> yes, I know. I saw the whole thing. I wouldn't be asking most of the time if I didn't already know the answer, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I said, Livy, what what did you do? Well, I did this. I said, Are you sure? Well, you know the story, moms and dads out there. Oh yeah, and they. They see your face, and they're like, oh, boy, do I keep running this, or do yep. I just come correct and just, I did it. And I give her one more shot, and then I would say, okay. And then this was when I threatened judgment. Yep. All right, well, you're going to get punished if I find out otherwise. And that's usually when she comes clean. That's usually when it takes. <laughs> now, unfortunately, we have to be threatened with judgment sometimes <laughs> for us to come clean. But if we could just learn, really, to do it before we get to that. You ever heard of, of a liar? When they lie, they have to keep lying oh, yeah. and make more lies. To remember. And you got to keep all that straight. Right. Ugh. Yeah, forget a bunch of that. Yeah, it's definitely not a life worth living. No, it, so. it isn't. It isn't. And I and uh, I, I wanted to go back to this point right here before sure. we really uh, finish, uh, run around third and head home here. I noticed this, and we brought this to your attention. In verse 6 of Genesis 3, and when the woman saw that the tree was good. Now, remember, the servant said, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. So isn't that interesting? That's what happened to him. Mm-hmm. That's why he got thrown out of heaven. Mm-hmm. He said, Let us ascend into the throne of the Most Misery High. Misery loves company, right? Well, that's exactly right. So he he couldn't, he had trouble with it, so he wanted humanity to struggle with it, clearly. Ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman, again, listened to the temptation, she responded in this way. She saw the tree was good for food, so she rationalized. This is not going to hurt me. Boy, we all do that. Right. Now, again, this is the spirit that we do. Please apply this. Yep, because we can justify anything. Yes. Oh, this is good for me. Yep. It's, uh, this is not hurtful. They, uh, you're an enabler when you do that, by the way. Right, yeah. right. And the second part is that she said, and it was pleasant to the eyes. It's going to be, I mean, not only is it good for me, but it's going to be something that's going to make everything better. Pleasant to the eyes. And then finally, and it's a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof. So it would not only make things better, it would make me better. Hmm. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat, and you brought that out. Why would he? I always wondered, why would he just say, what are you, what are you doing? 
What? Yeah, what is this? And why are you that. all of a sudden bring me, bringing me this fruit? What is Where this? did that come Where from? Where did this come from? This is not our normal fare. Yeah. Now, you said something I found very salient to the conversation. You said God gave Adam the word, not yep. Eve. True. As the king and priest of our homes, men, it's up to us. Got to save your family. That we make sure that it's in us first. It needs to be in our, in our obviously, our wives and our children, too. Yep. But in us, we're the gatekeepers. And Adam, potentially. Now, again, this is open for conversation. But you said it, and I thought that's great. That if we want to blame Eve, then why on earth are we not blaming Adam, too? Because, number one, I wonder, did he believe it enough yeah. passionately to drive this home to Eve? She had some mistakes there with regards to her, uh, uh, the word. Certainly her grasp of the text. Her grasp. Yeah. Is that all Eve or is that Adam? You know, what we do sometimes, we take truth and we discern it. We run it through the filter of what what we think truth is and the 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 border of what truth is and and then at the end of it that's what the truth is and then it becomes instead of absolute truth it becomes subjective truth my truth yes yes and we've <laughs> talked about yeah. that before but yes but isn't that how that happens yeah and so here they are so bottom line yeah eve messed up but Adam messed up too. And if you ask my opinion, this is where I get all the sisters in the church, they're very happy with me, is that I think it's more Adam's fault than it was Eve's. I would agree. Because whether he, whether he didn't do what we just described or he didn't fight back when that time comes because he may have told her everything right, but he was weak in that moment and said, yeah, you're right. She at least rationalized. The word said she rationalized this, and she, of course, it was a lie. But she told herself a lie. Eve just ate, or uh, Adam just ate of it. Yeah, here I'll take it without a single protest. Can we put some ranch on? Yeah, no, exactly, exactly right. Without any protest, it's dangerous. It's dangerous that we get into a place to where we're spiritual apathetic, and. To defeat the blame game, we have to live not just in the moment. This is our point. Not just in the moment about repentance, but we need to live a life of repentance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a I'm an old TV junkie yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. and one of the shows I really like is uh, is Andy Griffith. Oh, of course. You know, there's nothing better than just a good old fashioned black and white Andy Griffith. But I'm going to get this wrong. So you people that are out there going to the Mayberry Cafe and dressing up like Barney better not be sending your hate mail in here because I'm going to summarize something that happened in an episode because I think it follows that blueprint of, of what sin does. So right. Buddy Ebsen was a drifter in this one. You know, okay. he was sure, a patriarch for the hillbillies. Yes, of course. And he was a bum and he was out living in the woods and he was having the kids uh, steal food for him under okay. the guise of, of helping him. And uh, he was talking about what he was doing with the boys and Andy was confronting him and making him to leave, you know, making him leave and he didn't want to be one him pouring into Opie and all this stuff. And, uh, buddy Epson was like, was well, it really? So is it really so wrong to live the way I live? Just living off my wits and living off the land. I don't answer to anybody. And he had this uh, fishing lure that he'd made for Opie. And I just remember Andy telling him that 
what he was doing. It's a lot. It's a lot like that fishing lure. These bad decisions. You know, if you don't teach them the the difference between right and wrong early on, they're going to jump at these shiny things. They're going to see the shiny lure in the water, and it's going to look. It's going to look good. It's going to be attractive. So you're going to see it. That's good. And then you're going to think, well, I, I can have that. You know, if you're the fish in the water, and and by the time you that fish bites it and it gets a hold of him, it's too late to stop it. Yeah. And that's just kind of stuck with me. That yeah, that that's that's, that's kind of how sin works. You know, absolutely, it, man. It's packaged well. It's yes. packaged well, it, and it feels good yes. because of the flesh. Yes. And by the time you're in it, it's it's too late to. And I think they just it just creates this long yes. slippery slope. That, yes. And I think that's why people get so apathetic mm-hmm. with God can't love me. God can't save me. You right. those guys say, oh, you wouldn't want me in your church. No, I we yeah. you're the exact right. the right. people that we're looking for. Right, right. right. <laughs> so there's a little uh, wisdom from uh, from Mayberry. So. Well, that's good stuff because it's all consistent. This There is a consistency across what we're trying to say. Yeah. And uh, you're right. Sin will take you farther than what you want to go, Man. which is the old, the old line. And it's true because once you get that, maybe Eve, when she ate, and she didn't want to be the only one going down. And that could be too. And it could be. And you're right. And instead she thought, I'm already into this. Or rather... Since she thought that she could touch it, couldn't touch it, maybe since she had it in her hand because she didn't have the word right, she thought there was no hope. I already have it in my hand. No, Eve, you can just still throw it away. And that's also one of the devil's first tricks, and they're still doing it today, is just doubt. Doubting that God has the best plan for you and has the best way for you to live. Right. I mean, right off the bat, he's like, eh, did God really, you know? It's right. Just, just, he, just that seed of doubt. That's all it takes, too. But could he have put that doubt in if she didn't have the word correct? Well. He would have tried. He would have tried. I mean, Jesus being tempted in, of course, Jesus is the ultimate example. We have right. no prayer of living up to that. But right. he was able to combat all those trials with the word. With the word. Right. He didn't stomp the devil. He didn't cast him into the pit. He didn't take out a sword and hack his arms off. No, it was all using scripture as the defense. Right. So that's good stuff. See, yep. I'm telling you. I tell you, after this, we better have Bible Bowl people reaching out to us. <laughs> you guys are going to swamp Randy, our, our uh, yes. sound tech. <laughs> uh, and Randy's giving Shut me the... Up, Randy! Randy's giving me the wrap it up sign right now. <laughs> so <laughs> that is all the time that we have for this episode today. Thank you for that. That was fun. That was a good yeah, one. Sure. Um, I pray that this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. You can find this and all our episodes at pohpodcast.com along with links to your favorite streaming platforms or search for Point of Hope Podcast on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and enable notifications so you won't miss a single episode. Lastly, if you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, please email them to point of, uh, pohcontent at gmail.com, and Randy will filter those to us, and we will respond as we are able. So thank you, Pastor, for leading us today. My pleasure. And thank you all for listening. <laughs>